Many of today's real estate professionals are overwhelmed by digital marketing. And who can blame them? Most folks don't get into real estate because they like running Facebook ads or doing SEO or writing blog posts. They do it because they like selling homes and helping real people. But it doesn't have to be that way. Stacy Staub believes that with the right brokerage behind you and the right approach to doing your digital marketing, you can create a business and still have time to build lasting relationships with clients. As an active realtor with an MBA and a master's degree in marketing, Stacy knows real estate from all angles. As director of marketing at Live Urban Real Estate in Denver, Colorado, Stacy has helped build a brokerage that is not only super innovative, but also rated as one of the best places to work in her city for three years running. In this interview, Stacy explains the benefits of a marketing-focused brokerage, the value of Pinterest for real estate, and why every blog post is a long-term investment in the future of your business. This is Tristan Almada. And I'm Nick Baldwin from Lab Code Agents. I'm Raj Kassar from the Boutique Real Estate Group in Orange County, California. This is Stacey Staub from Live Urban Real Estate, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Stacey, thank you so much for joining. I'm super excited to get to chat with you. Um, I have watched not only the work that you do there, but uh, out and about in, in real estate conferences, sharing your expertise with folks. I'd love it if you could start off by, by telling us about what you do at Live Urban Real Estate. Well, my official title is Director of Marketing. So um, I'm lucky enough to have a small marketing team at our brokerage. Um, so my role tends to lean towards online, um, everything from all of our social platforms to all of our email um, marketing and, you know, really everything that's not printable is Got kind it. of domain. And you guys are in a pretty, I mean, Denver's a pretty competitive market. How do you guys set yourself apart? What do you think is your, you know, competitive edge? You know, we just keep on innovating. I really think that's the key. And when we start to see a lot of imitators in our marketplace, we pivot. And give me an example of what that might look like. Um, you know, just recently we discovered that, uh, there was a brokerage that had, um, exactly copied our website and we've had the same website designed for about two and a half years now. Uh, we had been thinking about making a change anyway, but when we saw the brokerage down the street, um, with even the same color scheme, a lot of the same content themes, we decided, okay, where it's time for us to, you know, make a turn and go down a different path with this. It seems like that is becoming more and more prevalent, which is there's so much, I don't want to say just competition in real estate, people copy. I mean, it's, I don't actually don't take offense to it, except for when word for word, one of the articles that I've written will show up in search. I'm like, I know I wrote that because 99% of it are the, the phrases that I've used. Um, tell me about the Denver market, just so folks have an idea. You guys don't have a lot of inventory, is that correct? 
we're very low inventory. Um, we are starting to feel just in the last couple of weeks, maybe a little bit of breathing room, but just to give you an idea, we have about 6,000 active listings on the market today and we need about 33,000 to meet demand. That's crazy. How do you, how does that affect, you know, your marketing approach? Well, we spend a lot more, a lot less time um, marketing our listings. We still do a very full, robust um, marketing program for each new listing. But because marketing is moving so fast, we don't do some of the things, or list, the, the market is moving so fast, we don't do some of the things that we used to do, like order, you know, folded color flyers, you know, to be printed and things like that. Um, we more push to get as much exposure for every listing, um, as soon as we can. So as soon as it hits the MLS, that's my trigger. And I make sure that listing ends up everywhere it can possibly be seen. Got it. Um, yeah. So we're a lot, focusing a lot more on obtaining listings right now than obtaining buyers yeah. frankly, because it's, you know, easier. <laughs> You've, um, you've had a really interesting path to becoming an agent and then also sort of running the marketing team there. You got your MBA and you used to work with entrepreneurs. Tell me about that. Like, how did you end up in real estate? So I, while I was in grad school working on my, I have an MBA and a master's in marketing. I worked for a company that developed business plans for entrepreneurs. And that was right before the big internet bust. So it was really exciting. I got to work for with a lot of, um, you know, startup founders, um, working with them to obtain, uh, funding and, you know, connecting them with VCs and, um, doing a lot of that work. And I really thrive in that kind of fast moving, high pressure environment. Yeah. Um, so from there, once that kind of slowed down and there wasn't as much funding happening, um, then I moved to a, a company that developed software and one of their main industry verticals was real estate. So I loved doing that and I loved working for them because it was, you know, it was an internet startup and I yeah. really liked that environment. But then uh, their clients started asking for a realtor on staff because they really felt like uh, maybe the company didn't understand things from the real estate brokerage's point of view. And yeah. so I thought, well, I'll get my license. And then I started, you know, spending a little bit more time showing houses to my friends than I was um, in the office doing, you know, a lot of the marketing. And um, so as my family grew too, it just made sense for me to move into real estate full time. That's a great story. I had no idea. That's very cool. Um, they are probably very lucky. In fact, I know they're very lucky to have you because it's, if I, we work with a lot of brokerages and a lot of big brands. Um, they don't always have like an experienced marketer on staff. Yeah, I think we're super lucky at Liverbin because one of our um, founding brokers, it you know, he used to own an ad company. So it was one of the biggest ad companies in Denver, actually. It was called Cactus Media. And he, um, you know, he grew that agency and um, eventually sold his portion of it. But all of the graphic design and everything you see coming out of Live Urban happens in-house because of him. And do you guys have an in-house graphics person as well? Now we do. Um, we just had uh, hired Madeline Linder. We're so lucky to have her. She's a young designer and she's really helping us push the brand to the next level. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that, you know, forget real estate. In any business today, the, the pace of the customer's attention is so rapid that you really need to invest 
you know, I would say 50% of your effort, you know, making your craft really good, making sure that the service you provide is great and your processes are good, but at least 50% of your effort marketing, because there's a lot of noise out there. I agree. And we've always, you know, taken real pride in standing out in the marketplace. Um, we get, you know, we've had industry recognition, we've had local recognition outside of the industry for our brand. And um, we just really feel like we want to keep that train rolling and keep innovating and pushing and evolving it um, in the organic way that we have for the last 10 years. You have the sort of benefit of seeing this from a few different levels from an, an individual agent level, but also from the brokerage level, what's changed for individual agents over the last eight years? Like, you know, sort of, I don't want to say that the, the digital world came, you know, to real view eight years ago, but so much seemingly has changed, but I'm not boots on the ground. What's changed from your perspective? I think that, um, especially in a fast moving market like Denver, it's really easy for agents to get distracted by bright and shiny, right? So for, I don't know, half, you know, more than a dozen years now, you know, we've been going to Inman Connect and kind of looking at the next hot app and like, what's the new, you know, secret sauce. And I think we've kind of come full circle to where agents need to focus on the things that, you know, their business building activities and um, really take their marketing training and spend their time wisely. And that's what I try to focus our agents on at Live Urban. Um, there are several of them that love to blog. There are, um, you know, some people that really like to create their own flyers and things like that. But in the end, when they let the marketing department just really take control of that, they can spend a lot more of their time nurturing their relationships. And that's what really pays off for them. Do you, um, I mean, I'm going to ask you this question. I know some of the answer to it. Like we talk a lot about personal branding. I've written a lot about it. You seem to have a really strong sense of who you are and where you fit in the market. The first question I have is how did, I mean, how did you decide to do that? So John Scrabeck, who um, was one of the family brokers and Mark White, they looked at the marketplace and they really decided to focus on urban neighborhoods. And there weren't a lot of brokerages doing that 10 years ago in Denver because city living wasn't so hot, to be honest. Um, Our downtown used to be a real, you know, dead on the weekends and um, you couldn't find a lot going on. Everyone used to just vacate to the suburbs and then flow back in on Monday morning. And that has changed so much. So I really think they were ahead of the curve in predicting kind of how Denver was going to grow. And that has paid off for our brand exponentially for sure. Um, it's funny because we keep thinking like, do we need to redesign the logo? Do we need a new tagline? Do we need, and it's funny because the brand has really held up. Um, I think it's kind of like, you know, a classic TV show that you can watch now. And it's just as funny as it was 10 years ago. I really feel like Live Urban is still fresh and the brand still feels new. And when people that have never seen it before, like from outside our marketplace, you know, they, they don't realize how old we are. So you have done something that not a lot of people uh, undertake, which is you decided to throw a conference. And I'd love to hear one, what was the thought process that, you know, sort of inspired that? And then two, what was the payoff? So it kind of 
evolved um, from a conversation I had um, with a couple of the people that I mastermind with. And um, they ended up being speakers along with yourself at the Real Hustle Conference, which just turned out to be amazing. But where it really came from was we always try to meet up two or three times a year at different conferences in different cities. And we could not find a conference that we wanted to go to. <laughs> um, so we won't do any bashing right here, but I yes. don't know. I mean, it was just one of those things, you know, the big conferences are always the big conferences, but we couldn't find um, anything with the content that we really wanted to hear and participate in. And so finally it came, came down to like, this is missing. Like there's a hole here. Um, and that hole used to be filled by agent reboot i feel like a little bit because it was agents teaching and training agents yeah um and that is definitely missing um now as far as i know so what we did was put you know 10 different practicing agents on the stage and threw in a couple of other industry experts and it just turned out to be such a wonderful day um I had feedback like it was the best conference I've ever been to. Um, you know, I would travel for this. You didn't charge enough for this. Um, things like that. Um, and I already have local agents asking me if I'm going to do it again. So um, from a recruitment standpoint, it's been very good for Live Urban as well. That's great. I mean, I think one of the things that impressed me most is it wasn't like you were really open and transparent with what you were doing as a company with other brands there and with other um, folks from other companies. I thought that was really cool. We don't often see that. Yeah, you know what? We've done that before. Um, we've hosted classes for, you know, 300 agents and brought them in just because we want to raise the bar in our local marketplace as far as education and training. Um, for example, when marijuana... Um, when re recreational marijuana was first becoming legal here a couple years ago, we um, asked a lawyer to develop a class and we ended up posting it and inviting um, every, every agent in the Denver metro area to attend because we really felt like there were issues that were coming up and agents weren't um, handling them correctly and we didn't know what to do. Um, so we do, you know, we come from a place of generosity and we know there's enough business for, for everyone. Um, so we love to get all the agents together for those kinds of things. Tell me a little bit about the mastermind, because I think that it's something that one hears a lot. Um, explain what it is and then explain like how you decided the people that you wanted to spend your time with. It's a really small group. Um, we kind of self-selected in, <laughs> if that makes sense. It started with, I think, three or, three or four of us. And then we said, okay, if we want to make this a place where we're going to spend our time and our efforts and our energy, we want a couple of different things from those people. We want complete open, like you said, transparency and generosity because we're all in different marketplaces. So why not share everything? Um, there's no fear of competition or anything like that. Um, we also wanted smart innovators, um, people that are really pushing the boundaries, whether it be through their systems or through their marketing, through their branding. Um, we kind of each knew a couple of people that we thought would fit into that group. And I think we've had that mastermind group for about four years now. And it's a, a one of the most active places I still spend my time. It, um, it's really cool. I, I want to just, you know, break this down for the listeners. I think one of the, one of the key things is that you have selected folks that 
one seemingly are really motivated, you get along with them well and there's no competition. That I think allows for the transparency. I mean, I was fortunate enough. You invited me to come sit and I got to sit through it and the things that you shared you would share with a business coach, right? You would share with your business partner. And it was so great to see that among the group that you had, because you you could say, Hey, well, this person is with, you know, one brand and that brand exists in my, you know, general territory, but they are in another state. And it was, I thought the learning was phenomenal. Some of the best that I've seen. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I, um, I am so lucky to count those people amongst my friends for one thing, but, um, to have them to run an idea past or to, you know, go like, am I crazy to do this? Like, I'm thinking about doing this. Does this seem like something or like, am I totally, you know, is this not what I should be focusing my time on? And we're very real with each other as well. Like if someone, you know, brings something up and we're like, Oh no, that is horrible. (laughs) Then we all, you know, kind of take that and, you know, appreciate that honesty as well. Do you have any, any sort of takeaways for anyone who hasn't been in a mastermind or would like to start one? Like what should, what they should do? I think keep it small for one thing. Um, you know, you look at these Facebook groups, especially in the real estate vertical that, um, just get out of control and become like these places where people just complain and complain about vendors and, you know, vendors come in and try to sell. So I think the ideal group size is between 10 and 15. Um, I think the other key is to make sure and have like a physical presence in each other's lives, not just online. Um, so even though, you know, that's a little bit of a burden, but if you can figure out, you know, who are these people that add value, like it's worth traveling to see them and it's worth, you know, having that face to face time where we sometimes we're all just sitting at our laptops and pounding things out, but the energy and the ability to just reach out and go like, what do you think of this? Or what would you do in this situation is priceless. And what about structure? Did you (laughs) have structure from the beginning or did that evolve? We did have some rules. So we started, it's, you know, we started as a private Facebook group. That's how we've continued to keep the lines of communication open. Um, We have always said, if you want to bring someone new into the group, everyone has to agree. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think that it's really important because you never know, you know, what, what experiences people have had. Um, And then I think that, everyone needs to be active. So we have had a couple of people who have dropped out because they're like, look, I just don't have the time to dedicate to this. But if you post a question, you know, in a Facebook group and really need an answer, it really helps if there are people that are willing to spend their time on your problem. Yep. That makes complete sense. Those are great, great suggestions. Um, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about something that I think you crush like nobody else, which, um, is your Pinterest. Uh, Um, Can you, I mean, one, tell me how you decided that that was a vehicle for you and tell me a little bit about like, what do you do? I mean, how does it work? Like, I remember when I first saw Pinterest and that was when it was like beta invite only kind of platform. And 
I knew immediately like this is going to be so valuable for real estate brands. And I showed it to other people and they didn't get it. Um, I remember I was even on a panel at Agent Reboot, like right after I had, you know, figured Pinterest out and I was interviewed by Chris Smith afterwards and we did like a little, you know, what is Pinterest? How can you use it in real estate? And I, I remember the light clicking for him and going like, oh yeah, that is going to be awesome. Um, because at the time it kind of felt like, yeah, it's a nice place to save recipes. Yeah. It's a nice place to, you know, maybe look at paint colors or how people are, you know, designing their gardens or whatever. Um, and over the years, it definitely has evolved into a, it's definitely a valuable place to spend time as a real estate marketer. So tell me like, I don't, I'm going to assume I know nothing. I mean, clearly I know a lot about Pinterest, but I don't know how to use it for real estate. How does one, how does one make it valuable for you? Um, I think there are so many brands that are doing it well, but the most important thing to me is to think from the point of my ideal customer and create boards that they will find valuable and pin things that they will find usable um, or inspiring or like something that they're going to want to spend some time with. So I not only pin from our website, which is probably the most valuable place to spend time on Pinterest. Um, if you check out our blog, you'll see that every single photo on our blog is pinned to Pinterest somewhere. And we make it really easy for people to pin from our blog as well. Um, and all over our website, but mainly on our blog, um, is where we can just keep pushing fresh content and beautiful photos and, you know, concentrating on making that content pinnable and Pinterest friendly has been a big focus. Um, it's hard to, you know, the question is always like, what's the ROI on that? Um, and I think it's a, you know, just a piece of the brand. And when people are exploring your brand and especially our target demographic for our brokerage, they are spending time in Pinterest and they're spending time on Instagram. And so we cross market across those platforms and frankly reuse that content, um, in a lot of different places. Um, and always, always drive that all of that traffic back to the website to create fans for Live Urban. There's a couple of other folks that I think do a great job. I think Bill Gassett, he's in the Northeast and Raj Kassar, who's in California. Anybody else that you think do an exceptional job in the real estate space? Yeah, I think Better Homes and Gardens. I mean, they're a huge brand, obviously, with a lot of, you know, um, marketing dollars to spend, but they do, they have beautiful Pinterest boards that are carefully curated. Um, I also think that um, Matthew Ferrara has always done a really good job, no matter, you know, who he's working for or whatever, um, at curating that content as well. Um, individual user-wise, um, there's a few people that I think have really embraced it. Jeremy Lehman is another, I know he's with um, the boutique as well, but um, he does a really good job on Pinterest. That's great. Any sort of takeaways for someone? Well, I guess the question, let me rephrase that. Let's say someone doesn't have a huge digital presence already. They don't have a fantastic website. They are not necessarily doing anything on Facebook or Twitter. Is Pinterest something that you would suggest or would, is this an add on to a foundation? Absolutely. But I think you have to have a, a plan behind it, a strategy, right? So, um, 
when I'm building blog posts, and I think that's one of the easiest things that a new agent could do. I mean, that is so free. All of this stuff is, um, you know, set up a WordPress blog and start setting yourself up as the local expert or, you know, figure out your niche and really speak to those people in your target demographic and uh, create Pinterest boards that they're going to find valuable. You can embed your Pinterest board in your blog post. You can certainly, you know, drive traffic back and forth. Um, I think it's one of the easiest platforms to do that with. That's awesome. Do you find, so you've worked with lots of different agents. Um, is everybody on board with the whole digital marketing thing or do you still have a, you know some holdouts? We have a really diverse group of agents, but the awesome thing about them, I mean, we have 70, 70 people working for our brokerage and, um, you know, they range in age from 24 to 94 and I'm nice. not lying about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so all of them embrace it on different levels, but I think what's really valuable to them is that we do it all for them. So if they, you know, if they're heavy Facebook users, they're always going to find content um, at Live Urban that they can share on their own Facebook. If they're Pinterest users, they will always find ways to repin and share that information with their own spheres. Um, a couple of people are do, doing a really good job with Instagram lately. So I think um, there's not a lot of people that do all of those things um, like I do because, frankly, I get paid to do it and yeah. I love it. Um, but, you know, they all pick it up here and there and use it to their advantage. And that's exactly why we do it. And with, you know, there's tons of competition out there. What would you suggest, you know, if they didn't have you at their side to do it for them, uh, what would you suggest agents do to stand out online today? Like where, where should they start? I think the best thing that they could do is create or, you know, borrow from an expert, a content calendar and just decide where they're going to focus their efforts and really stick with it. It's a long-term game. Like I have pinned, you know, I, every day I see on Pinterest, some images that I pinned five or six years ago, get repinned. And all of a sudden it becomes popular again. And it's like trending. I'm like, wow, this is a picture of an empty room with gray walls and hardwood floors. And it's one of our most popular pins ever. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a really, it's just like blogging, you know, with the long tail searches and, you know, the investment in your brand's future, everything you create, like use it again and again and again. And even if you're out in your day-to-day -day busy life as a realtor, you can always be creating content. And that's what I think it, a lot of agents miss that. Like if you're out showing and you see something really interesting in a house, take a picture of it and post it on Instagram and share it on Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Then you just really made that showing, even if the client hates the house, pay off for you for a really long time. That makes complete sense. Uh, I know that uh, we have an editorial calendar on our site at Playster, but we also, I like Katie Lance's. Uh, That's what it is, yeah, she does a great one. Uh, and that for those listening, it's katielance.com. And I think it's one of the first calls to action there is to get her, her content grid or whatever she calls it. Um, I think she's really good at that. Um, what about, what about brokers? Like what's your advice for someone trying to get their brokerage noticed in a marketplace? Like when they're shifting from, you know, sort of the standard way that people used to present themselves, which their site lo looked a lot like everybody else's and their content looked a lot like everybody else's. Where should the, what should they be thinking about? 
I think if this is not their area of expertise, the best thing they can do is hire someone. And I know that that sounds overwhelming. It's kind of like when you tell a new agent to hire an assistant, right? Like with the assumption that you're going to get busy enough to need and afford your assistant. I feel the same way about brokerages and their marketing department. Um, Even if it's an intern at first, um, find someone who loves to create this kind of content and knows what to do with it and pay them. Um, I think if it's not your thing and don't force it. And that's what I've always, you know, I've, I've taught classes and, you know, spoken on panels and done presentations for years and people like I always have, you know, this middle-aged white guy in the front row going, I don't get Pinterest. And I'm like, then don't do it. (laughs) Please just stay, stay away from it then, but get your, you know, 24 year old daughter to do that for you, you know, make that, you know, something you pay her for and she'll get it and she'll do a great job. Um, so I love, I love it when people spend their time doing what they love and that always pays off. Yeah. So I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about, um, video because you guys have invested heavily in video. I love your YouTube page. Um, what's your, what's your strategy there? Um, it's definitely a huge part of our strategy going forward, but, um, you know, we have been fairly consistent with, um, trying new ways to use video. And one of the most popular things that we've done is our monthly market video report. Um, Our agents volunteer to film those and they choose a place in one of the neighborhoods they love. um, And they get to not only run through the market stats that were just released, but they get to talk about, you know, their favorite coffee shop and their favorite park in that neighborhood um, and really get to show their personality. And it's something they've really started to um, enjoy. And that stuff gets shared over and over again because people love to see their friends on video. And did it, did it take you a while to build up a critical mass where the videos were actually being viewed by other folks? No, because we already have such a really strong presence on all the social platforms. So when that market video drops, I not only, you know, obviously it's on our YouTube page, but then we also post it to Facebook and I make a short clip of it and post it to Instagram and I put it, you know, on Pinterest and I put it on Twitter. So everywhere where our fans are already hanging out, they're going to see that content. Got it. So you've built up sort of a platform of distribution already and it just sort of created a way for it to get out to the world. Yeah. You know, and our agents have done such a good job. Um, you know, they share that stuff like crazy. And then they also have, you know, very carefully created their email databases. So even though no one has that, none none of our agents have thousands of email addresses that they email to regularly, they have really carefully divided their lists and their database into highly targeted um, sort of niches so that they can deliver the content to the people who really want and appreciate it. So every time that market video goes, you know, we post it with an infographic that restates those market stats and that email goes out to 20,000 people in the Denver metro area. So that's thanks to our agents, you know. So let me, let me ask you, you said something there that all of your agents have a very curated list. Now that sounds like such an anomaly. Did you help folks do that? Yeah. It's okay. a real focus. Okay, good. I'm just like, I want to know what everyone took there to make that happen because most people do not have a curated list. So tell me, 
just break that down. What does that mean to you when you say, hey, I've got a targeted list and it's segmented? So um, we use Resora. It's a platform that I love and highly recommend for real estate email marketing and management. Um, and their system is set up. It's so easy. Um, it's a little bit contactually style if you're familiar with like that yep. CRM. I am. So, you know, basically you can create as many different lists as you want within each agent's Resora account. So, for example, in my Resora account, I have a primary sphere and that includes everyone. But then I also have a friends and family list. And then I have, you know, um, Brian Buffini style, my A, B's and C's. And then I also have them broken down geographically, um, into very specific neighborhoods in some cases. And some people are on, you know, several of those lists. Some people are only on one of those lists, but it's because I think it's really important to deliver the content that people really will appreciate. And when you don't focus on that, when you don't curate your list, then you're just spamming. Right. So, um, I create five or six different Resora pieces every week and distribute them for the to the agents, and they decide when to send those out and who to send those to. No wonder so, they love you. <laughs> so, like yesterday, for example, I created a piece um, offering free green photos. Like while the grass and leaves and the trees all still look so pretty, um, we send out an offer so that you know we'll come by and take exterior pictures just in case you know, you're thinking about listing your house over the winter and all the agents sent that out to what, their sellers. What a great idea. Well, I, love that one. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, I just, it makes such sense. So of course, if I have a home, I'm definitely going to consider that. It's like, and I would invite you over to take a, f- a free photo. Who wouldn't yeah, invite I a would. professional photographer to do exactly. that? Exactly. And then, you know, when you list your house in January, we'll mix those green photos in so that people can really get a feel for how beautiful the garden is, even though it's totally dead right now. You know, that's awesome. That's Thanks. excellent. So as we wrap up, I want to talk about how you think about recruiting. Um, you've built, I've met a lot of your, the folks on your team. You've recruited some really great people. Like how do you attract the folks that you want to work with? We kind of don't recruit for one thing. You will never get a call from a live urban agent or a live, live urban manager, you know, saying, Hey, what's your split at your current company? Don't you want to make more money? Um, which is pretty typical, at least in our area. I get those phone calls all the time. Um, we, our agents bring great people to us for, that are maybe unhappy at their other brokerage. Um, we hire very carefully and fastidiously um, because our culture is so important to us. And, you know, last year we won the top um, medium-sized workplace in Denver, um, which is a really big honor. And we've gotten second place a couple of times, but, you know, we finally landed first place last year. And, Mark White, one of our owners stood up and he said, um, you know what I did? I created a place where I was in happy to come to work every day. And I love everyone I work with. And I think that is so true and just so important to having a healthy environment for real estate. And it, I mean, in many ways that goes counter to, you know, one of the biggest sort of tasks of a brokerage, which is to recruit, or at least that, you know, many of them are geared in that fashion. Um, you have pretty good retention numbers. Like how do you, is that sort of your ethos? Hey, we don't really recruit. We attract because 
we built a place that we'd love to work in, then people don't want to leave. Is that the thesis? Yeah. And it's, it's such a fun place. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. We don't have a lot of people leave, um, which is what keeps our number, you know, pretty, pretty steady. Um, you know, people retire yeah. more often than they choose to go to another brokerage. Um, but it's also just so super fun. Like our, our tour two weeks ago, you know, we do tour every other week that everyone comes out and looks at all the new listings. We brought a food truck out. We had mimosas at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we had it at one of our fabulous new listings and I can't even tell you how much more fun that was than sitting in a conference room somewhere. Without a doubt. Did you organize that? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. All right. It seems like many brokerages need another you. We need to clone you. Yeah. I am not for hire. Awesome. Um, Stacey, where do you look to inspire yourself? Because you've got tons of ideas. Um, You implement, you know, so much in a short time frame. You know, do you have any favorite marketing books or blogs or do you look outside of that? Where do you get information? Um, unmarketing is one of my favorites for sure. Uh, Scott, Stra- um, Scott Stratton. Yep. Yeah. I have followed him for years. Um, but I mostly try to look outside the industry because I feel like in real estate, you know, uh, not a lot of out of the box thinking, um, and not a lot of, um, uh, innovation happening sadly, except for, you know, the chosen few. And those are the people that I, definitely choose to surround myself with and, um, steal from <laughs> with yeah. permission. Um, but you know that I just think it's so important to just always be looking. I love brands like pure. Wow. I love brands like dot and bow and creating that really clean delivery of content is something that I definitely aspire to. And you don't see it. You don't see that a lot in real estate. Yeah. There's a lot of room for improvement. I think we're going to see it though. I really, I think that the consumer is demanding it by, by their lack of attention. And I think that the ones that are going to succeed are going to hone their brands online and their messaging and, and remove the friction between the consumer and the consumer trying to find what they want. I agree. I totally agree. So Stacey, what's the best way for people to find out more about you, your website, you on Twitter or whatever other place that you want to be found? Um, definitely on Facebook, um, just facebook.com slash Stacey Staub. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, my name everywhere. I don't have any like secret cool, trendy name or anything. Um, so I'm easy to find and I would love, you know, to hear from people. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was really great. I appreciate all that you shared and, uh, I can't wait to cross paths again soon. Me too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the marketing genius podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The 
Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.